This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today, Dispatch Live is talking to... Songhezel Zibi is a businessman. He's an author. He's brilliant at public relations. And he aspires to be the next president of South Africa. And he has a plan. Today, Dispatch Live talks to Zibi and explores what he has in mind. Ravonia Circle is already becoming a powerhouse in South Africa. Would you mind giving our readership and listening to podcasts a brief summary of how it actually happened and how it's grown so fast? So Ravonia Circle was a, an idea that began in a, um, in a restaurant, actually. Uh, over chips and, and, uh, and Coca-Cola. Uh, between myself, Luz Gokoti, the late Luz Gokoti, Luko Namguni, and, um, and Lorado Tseng from, uh, from, uh, from Gauteng. And we looked at the situation in the country. We'd been talking about it for years, that we needed to do something. We didn't know what something was. But at least on that day, we decided that if we form a non-profit, a we can think better about you know what that something is, but there's got to be something that we start. And it's like a field of dreams, you know. You know, if you start it, then they will. If you build it, then they will come. And that's what we did. Then we started working out what we think it should do. And by the time we launched uh, the beginning of last year, we'd been working on this idea for months already. And uh, our main focus was civic uh, engagement. We don't talk about voter education. It's civic engagement. It is also involving ordinary people in the process of developing ideas of the South Africa they want to be. And we'll talk about what one of those ideas has turned out to be, which is the RISE campaign. We can talk about it later, but Tivonia Circle was the cradle of answering the question, what do we do about the situation in the country? You've been critical might be a nice kind word, but you've been critical about business South Africa for effectively standing on the sidelines and shouting, but not getting in there and doing something. Do you still hold by that? Yeah, look, I worked for companies for a very long time. I worked in the Eastern Cape for Volkswagen for eight years. I worked for a mining company called Extrata. It's now, a, it was taken over by Glencoe. It's Glencoe now. I worked there for seven years. And then I worked for the business day and the financial mail for three years. But I also worked recently for Absa for seven years. I've been to not just South Africa in terms of policy discussions, whether it was energy policy, trade policy in terms of the motor industry development plan, mining and so on. And I've been involved in business discussions about how to help the country. The first thing I want to say is that business people really want to help. fighting against corruption. Business didn't support them very well. 
because they were being politically incorrect. And now to preserve the relationships with government, you find that those organizations don't get as much support as they should get. Yes. When people started pulling back from the polls and just not showing up to vote at all, you know, the organizations that try and fight for voter participation just don't get any support. So it's that's where my criticism is, which is look at the state of the democracy and decide that as a powerful stakeholder in South Africa, you're going to do all you can within the law to protect and grow the democracy. And they don't do that very well. We have our president who has announced really fantastic plans. They all look very good in that. But the sad reality is none of them have come to fruition. So instead of hearing on the political platform that we have done this, or we have done that, or we have done this, we continually hear about, we will do this, and we will do that. What would your organization, if it ever became a political party, do to change continual flow of promises that we get. So Ted, let me start here. So Derevonia said we will not become a political party, but its processes have given birth to another organization uh, called Rising Zanzi. It's a campaign at the moment and is to answer more directly the, the political electoral question. But back to the substance of your of your question. And that is, you know, I'd really love to run the 100 meters at the Olympics, even if it's uh, the heats. But well, you look fit enough to be able to run the 100 meters. No, but I'm also 47 years old, right? And it's not going to happen. You know, I can start training and, and try and get fit and so on, but uh, these youngsters are just going to skin me, right? That is the problem we have. Sometimes there is good intention. The question you have to ask is, is there capability to make that intention a reality? Where we are right now is that neither the ANC nor most of the opposition political parties have that capability to put our collective intentions into action. This is South Africa's problem. And so President Ramaphosa operates within that universe of the ANC and its incapacities, and also an opposition that also has many, many incapacities as well. And yet, South African society has enormous capacity as a whole. This is why Rivonia Circle decided to operate outside of the party political space so that we can access this capacity that sits outside of political parties and help to mobilize it towards political action, which does not have to be carried by Livonia Circle, but by something else. And that's really been the idea, so that Livonia Circle can continue to operate outside the political space. You've written two, might I say, brilliant books that Thank you. really sum up South Africa perfectly. So we have Raising the Ball, which was about three or four years ago, and we have more recently Manifesto. Yes. And Manifesto gives a, a beautiful view of what South Africa can be. It's, it's critical, but it's well written and it's just a delight to read. However, 
about 17 pages from the end, he yes. cunningly snuck in a little sentence that said, if I was the president of South Africa. Yes. Are we looking into the future here? So, Ted, I said more directly than that, actually. This is in Chapter 6 uh, of the book, where I say it is my intention to follow through on every suggestion that I make here. So this has been the tragedy of South Africa, and that is many good people have lots of good ideas, excellent ideas in fact. We have some of the best people in the world being South African, both in South Africa and abroad, right? Even Elon Musk was born here, right? That's the, the reality that we sit with. But I was inspired by a quote I read in a book about, um, about Nazi-era Germany written by an American journalist. And there was a general there, General Hans Spiegel. So Spiegel had been part of the subversives in Germany, who tried for years to kill Hitler, and to subvert what he did. So for many, many years, these guys were trying, but the security around him was so tight. And, but he survived the Second World War, and he later became one of NATO's commanders. Uh, in Europe. So he was then asked about, uh, but one of the big failed attempts is actually a movie uh, with Tom Cruise, yes. uh, that, 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 that incident. And there were senior generals who delayed and dilly-dallied and didn't go through with the plan. And he said, fate does not spare the man who's not willing to give effect to his convictions. So in other words, you might say you stand for something. If you don't go for it, you will die along with the rest of everybody. And of course, those guys who did it, Hitler shot them. <laughs> right. Well, it's not that doesn't happen. So, yeah. No, yeah. doesn't happen. But yes. the point I'm making is, I, that was ringing in my ears, to say, I'm writing all of these ideas in this book. For whom? Why must somebody else implement these ideas? I therefore said, I am committed to these ideas, even if it means then I must be president. But I'm going to stand behind everything. And that's what I'm doing exactly now. Will it result in presidency? I don't know. What we do know is that that circus we saw in parliament last night cannot continue, Ted. It, it just can't. To move to a slightly more light-hearted subject, Daily Maverick, and I shouldn't be punting our opposition, I know. but Daily Don't Maverick did, did a fantastic piece on the Dream Cabinet, and they got all of those, their journos to get together. Strangely enough, we have Mr. Songizal Zibi as president, which was lovely, and if you didn't make president, you would come in a trade and industry, and then further along the line, we have our great comedian, Trevor Noah, and Trevor Noah was going to be international relations, but it's not as funny as it seems because several actors, comedians, Ronald Reagan, and in fact the guy... Zelensky. Zelensky is a comedian. Yeah, but doing my research before we met, he was also the founder of a massive company. He had donated one million US dollars to the Ukraine army. He didn't make promises 
He did things. Mm. And he won. He won with a 73% majority. Mm. Because people saw there was action. Yes. Does that ring a lot of bells for you? It does. In fact, in South Africa, it is true. And I think in most parts of the world, it is true. Democracy is nothing without action. And the purpose of democracy must be to build a prosperous life, prosperous, safe and secure life for ordinary people, for all the people in that democracy. The reason you have self-government is so that you do not rely on the whims of one man or woman who decides what a good life looks like for the rest of us. And one of the reasons the Rivonia settled and now with Rise Mzansi, when we, you know, as we as we start building out, we're going to focus on is local community action. And we're not talking about protest. We're talking about doing things however small in the community. One of the things we're going to tackle in the old trans guy. Democracy is nothing without action. And the purpose of democracy must be to build a prosperous life. Prosperous safe and secure life for ordinary people, for all the people in that democracy. The reason you have self-government is so that you do not rely on the whims of one man or woman who decides what a good life looks like for the rest of us. And one of the reasons the Rivonia settled, and now with Rise Mzansi, when we, you know, as we, as we start building out, we're going to focus on is local community action. And we're not talking about protest. We're talking about doing things however small in the community. One of the things we're going to tackle in the old trans guy is litter. Whether you're looking at Tata or bus stops and so on, one of the things we're working on now is getting as many rubbish bags as possible. Our community activists are going to tackle the problem with gusto. We're going to partner as far as we can with the retail stores, with ordinary shops, and so each of them must buy a thousand, two, three thousand refuse bags, and we'll pick up the litter for free. Because just a clean living space demonstrates pride and dignity in your surroundings, and then you start moving on to bigger things. It's a small thing, but once you start, big things start. Yeah, with small things, things with small things. Yeah. So in other words, we're saying to South Africans. Don't wait for the counsellor. Don't live in faith because you're waiting for the counsellor. They've shown that they're not interested. So let's just do it ourselves. Next time they they rock up asking for votes, we say, no, it's okay. We've got our own people here that we've been working with. You're going to vote for them. You have a, let me say, brilliant colleague down here, Pumla Ngesi. She was an activist. She's done a lot of things. I interviewed her a while ago for Dispatch. And some of the ideas she's got, which I imagine she bounces off you as well, training so many people in so many townships to do things for themselves. Now, that's that's great talk, but she's great at action as well. Yes. So I know she has started this project. Would these mirror what your organization is trying to do right around the country? Absolutely. In fact, everywhere we've been, uh, we started, the first one was in, in Toyando, in Venda. We've been to Mahikeng, we've been to Escort, Newcastle, uh, all the way to Philippines, the Western Cape, to the Free State, to Stetsfreight, and, and so on. 
You know, Ted, the beautiful thing about South Africans is that they miss the old sense of community where they could be grown-ups again and decide what do we need to do to make our community better? How do we deal with that problem? How do we deal with, how do we find a solution? Who can help us, including government? What we find is that I honestly can't take credit for the things that have been done in many communities. We've been to eight of the nine provinces, over 31 projects now that, that are taking place around the country. They're not ours. We don't have money intended to sponsor these things or hire people to do them. We simply facilitate a conversation in the community about what the challenges are, what the solutions could look like, what does our, how does our political system work, and how do we design solutions and civic demands within that ecosystem. That's it. For the rest, Ted, each and every one of those have done it themselves, they've sustained it themselves. Can you imagine what would happen if this was a culture, a political culture in South Africa? This is where Pumla is so great. Because she gets it. You don't have to ask people for a vote. Just work with them and use the community's own assets to change issues. And that the difference between that and what our politics does, which is we're gonna do ABC for you, those guys aren't doing it. People roll their eyes now, they don't believe it. So we just ask people to trust themselves. We have a huge agricultural rural agricultural community that can't get out of the villages. But having spoken to Pumla, it would be amazing if those villages didn't want to get out of the villages because they had, they, they were growing things, they were making things, they were beneficiating things. Money was flowing into the community. The schools were getting upgraded. No more pit toilets, no more leaking roofs, no more sitting under a tree. Again, does that resonate with where you guys are going? Absolutely. In fact, there is a, a so we, you know, Wandile Sishlom, the agri-economist, is working with us in his own spare time, uh, pulling some of his clients together uh, to work on, a, on supporting a food security tool, food production, sort of from subsistence to semi-commercial kind of effort particularly in the Eastern Cape and Limpopo and, and so on. We also talking to a philanthropy in the Western Cape, which is a global philanthropy, which installs throughout the continent a solar-powered boreholes to access the water. Now, can you see these are just South Africans who are going to come together and say, how do we solve problem A? So you've got hundreds of years of a tradition of farming in the Eastern Cape, whether you're black or white. You've got people with large tracts of land. It's underutilized. You take that, you bring in the expertise, you make sure there's water. Just the easy availability of water, meaning that people don't need to wait for rain to, you know, to water their vegetables. It's just going to change. And when you've got people with actual stock, and plant and, and crop farming expertise assisting. We even have a, a company whose founder, by the way, was born in the Eastern Cape. Uh, that's based in Lanseria. I won't name them for now because we're working on the finer details. They're very good at helping commercial farmers maximize their yield uh, without using uh, excessive use of, without excessive use of chemicals. Yeah. We're going to bring all of these people together. 
identify about 10 to 15 villages to start and say, you know, let's work. That's one of the reasons I was up in the old Transkai yesterday. Were you at your own old home village? I was, uh, I was not exactly in my village, but I was speaking to some traditional leaders in the area. Yeah. So that we can bring all of these people together. So remember what I said earlier about being there being a lot of capacity in South Africa. You just need to mobilize it, bring it together. So you already have, we have done stories, mm. which is fantastic for the communities. If there was one thing that Raz had to tackle and perhaps build a platform on if they had a move to becoming a political party, what platform would they be? What is the dire, the most dire need that we have in South Africa right now? You know, I would not say, I would say two, and they are linked. The first one is attitude. We have a mantra, local action for national impact. So it's local action for national impact, and it's local action now, not after any election. It's now, which means every day. So that's the mantra. And if all of us had that orientation, then we deal with, deal with this. Secondly, the most important thing is community-centered priorities. The reason I'm not naming anything specific is that for some communities, crime and safety yeah. is the most important thing. Because this is the essence of democracy. You ask, what is most important to you in this community? And they say, well, it's safety. We say, okay, we're going to work with you to make this community as safe as possible. Because there's usually a logic. They say, if it is safe, then we can walk around at night, uh, start businesses, employ people, and, and there's always a chain. In other communities, they say, look, it's food security. People are hungry. All we do <laughs> is to say, okay, we're tackling that problem then. But if we do this across the country, you end up with five priorities that people are tackling at a local level. That becomes a national impact. Do you have a sort of a, a register of how many people that are currently involved and how many people would you like to be involved, perhaps say at the end of 2023? So, at the end of 2023, we would like to have about 3 million South Africans in our network. And I'm using the term network because it is, we don't ask people to be members. You don't need to be a member to do things in your community. Yeah. Right. And so what we're looking for is a group, not a committee, a group in every ward that is looking at issues in that ward and mobilizing other members of the community to tackle those problems. Here's how that solves a political representation problem. In 2024, when people have to figure out who to elect, do you think they're going to look beyond their own community? Of course not. They know who's been working hard in this community and therefore, no. And you know, usually people don't care if that person doesn't make it to parliament or the legislature. Just the opportunity to choose who is going to represent you. And then you go, they will go and fight that election themselves. So this is beyond food parcels and t-shirts. In fact, like I said to you, we don't have money. We can't give food parcels. We can't give t-shirts. 
Oh, that many. Anyway, usually we run out of t-shirts because we can only afford 15 or 20 and there are 60 people. So the other people don't get. What's more important is the action for us. That needs to be the brand that we build to politics in general in South Africa. So that we set a new example from this thing, Ted, of food parcels, kind of patronizing people in that way. Bring food parcels two weeks before an election and yeah. then they never see you again. When those food parcels come, Communities need to say, no, we're okay with food. We, we produce it ourselves. Um, South African politics is moving towards a coalition style. There's coalitions all over the place. Nobody seems to keep the promises they make in the coalitions. Is it too early for you to talk about which parties you would like to get close to? It is. If RISE becomes... No, RISE will contest the election, right? Yeah. And we accept... The, the reality of coalitions. But there are some non-negotiables uh, if RISE were to get into a coalition. And RISE doesn't have to, but you know, if RISE were to get into a coalition, there are some non-negotiables. The first is that the constitution really is sacrosanct in the sense that we need to respect its processes and its limits. So nobody who says the constitution is a reason we are poor, the constitution is a reason we've got X, Y, Z. No, we have simply failed to live up to the constitution. As the constitutional court has continuously forced the government to do its work, right? So clearly we are failing to live up to what the constitution says. So that is the first thing. The second thing is that integrity is paramount because voting is a contract between ordinary people and those who seek to represent them. You've just written the slogan for RISE and good luck with RISE and it's been fantastic speaking to you. Um, we will put, and Mark, this is not for, for the, the podcast, but what I'll do is put your contact details. Yes. I'll get them from um, yeah. Yeah. your we, lovely we, colleague. We've got an email. It's RISE at risemzanzi.org. For those who want to do civic education, it's then Pumla at uh, RevoniaCircle.org. Thank you for your time. Okay. Lovely Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.